Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Today, uh, we're going to wrap up our series. Everyone say, One Month to Live. And I hope that it's been as much of a blessing to you as it has been for me, just um, gaining some new perspective on life. But I want to ask a question Who likes to go to the beach? Anybody? Where are. Oh, wow, that is a huge part of the room. Okay, who went to the beach this past week? I know we were on winter break. Rain break, I think, would be more appropriate, right? I'm like, I saw the sun this morning. I'm like, I forgot what that was like. It's crazy, right? Um, But anyway, we growing up, our family would go to the beach once a year, and I just love going. Now, I don't like the heat. Not a big fan of that because I sweat a lot, and it's not fun. Um, But also, the big thing, man, I roast like a vampire in an oven, in the sun, okay? Anybody else? Like, you don't have to raise your hand for that. It's okay. We're, we're, yes, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's a struggle, man. Like, my, my younger sister, Audrey, she tans. Like, she's outside 30 seconds, and it's just, bam, tan. I'm outside 30 seconds, and I'm like, where is the sunscreen? Oh, my gosh, please. My wife, too. You can tell I'm not bitter at all. But um, I love the beach. And one of my favorite things to do, maybe you too, is building sandcastles. Did tons of that growing up. And maybe you're like, well, Tim, like, don't you love the water? That's the whole beauty of going to the ocean. I'm like, I saw Jaws once. That was enough. That's it. I'm good. Like, nah. But, you know, and one other thing we did that I don't really know why, we would build these giant holes to see how far down we could go in the sand. I mean, like, neck deep, okay? Like, sometimes head deep. And then leave them. Some poor person probably walked down the beach for a nice stroll in the evening and, ah, I mean, just like, you have to wait till the high tide comes and swim out, but, you know, it's cool. Um, but anyway, we would eventually, of course, you know, go up to the, to the room for the night and come back the next morning expecting to, to see if there was anything left of our sandcastle. And, of course, as you know, if you've been to the beach, nothing remains. It's gone. And I think that this series is a perfect reminder of how brief our time really is here on earth. We, and we try to build, and today we're going to talk about how to leave a legacy because we, we fight and we work hard to create memories that will go beyond us, a legacy that will extend beyond the time that we lived here on this planet because we want, we want people to remember the things we've done, right? We want to make a difference. And so what I found though is if we're not careful, the legacies we leave are like sandcastles High tide will come, and they're washed away. So what I want, I, what I hope is helpful for you today, as it has been for me as I've studied for this, is that there are opportunities for us to leave a legacy that will last far beyond our generation or our kids' generations, but it will last throughout eternity. But I want to look at God's Word, and today we're going to see, we're going to start in First John, but the rest of our scripture today is direct quotation from Jesus so we can hear what he has to say. Now, we're going to read 1 John chapter 2. Now, before we read this, I just want you to know, if you didn't know this, 
the guy who wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John in Revelations, he self-proclaimed himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Can you imagine what the other disciples felt about that? They're like, disciple whom Jesus loved. We're going to tell you something, all right? But anyway, I just think it's funny. Every time I, I read John, I think about that. But it says this, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. And what I crave is Taco Bell. And it won't last forever. I'm kind of sad to, to know that fact. I don't know if you were a Taco Bell lover. They even have a deal called the Cravings Deal. Like, I'm just saying, they know me. They just, they get it. It's, it's awesome. But we continue on and it says, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And so what we want to do is today is to kind of unpack and look at what it looks like to, to do what pleases God because through him, we can live an eternity with him forever in heaven. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited for that. It's going to be the best party ever, 24-7 for the rest of time. Like I can't even comprehend that, but it just, it's amazing. And so today, as we look at the stories uh, where Jesus is sharing truth with the people who are around him, I hope maybe you've never, you've never seen this before. When someone shared this with me, it changed the way that I saw Jesus. Every single miracle he performed when he healed the sick, that was a snapshot of what the world was supposed to be like and what heaven will be like. There'll be no sickness. When he raised people from the dead and he himself raised after three days being dead, the whole purpose in that obviously was so that he died for our sins but it was a snapshot of what life was supposed to be like before we sinned. It's what heaven's going to be like. And everything that he taught and he shared his love with people, the whole premise, the whole purpose of his time here was to, to give us a picture of what the kingdom of God will be like. And so today, what I want to encourage you in, to buckle in, because as we look at some things that we can change in our lives, we can work to pr progress God's kingdom here, to make things right, and to leave a legacy that will outlast us for generations and ring through eternity. So I want to take a look at number one on your program today. You can fill this in if you, if you like. It says, look how and where you spend your time. Now, I chose that word spend intentionally because time is one of our most valuable resources, isn't it? I mean, like, it's crazy. Like, you, potentially someone could walk up to you today, and if they do this for you, tell them who they are because I'd like this too. And they're like, hey, here's 20 bucks. I'm like, all right, you have got my attention. What's up? Right, that's Taco Bell for lunch today. Anybody get an amen? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yes, I'm ready. You could go and work whatever job you have or do some odd, th work, you know, odd jobs, whatever, to, to make some money. You can make more of that. But no one can walk up to you and say, oh, here's 20 more minutes of your life back. I mean, like, no one can do that. So our time is precious. Now, if I'm being very honest, I thought it would be very bad of me to talk about how, I spend, how we should spend our time and not to do some self-reflection. So I decided to look at my schedule and to do some math, and you should be afraid because anytime I'm near math, it's bad for everyone, okay? Um, that's why my wife, Morgan, uh, she's actually in the upper room right now, she does our budget because if it were not for her, there would be no budget and no money because I don't understand math, okay? So I used uh, the power of the internet to help me get all of these, these numbers together. But one of the things I love to do is play video games. You don't have to raise your hand if that's you too. I embrace that I'm a geek. It's okay. It's who I am. Um, 
But I, I love the stories that are in games, right? Just like in a movie or in a book, there is something so interesting about diving into the life of a character and, and, and playing through them. But one of the things I love the most, and actually my friend Tyler, who was playing guitar up here on the stage, every Monday night, we spend time gaming together. And you're like, why? Like, why is he talking about gaming? I promise I'll get to that in a second. But the thing is, I've discovered, and it, it, this was so true for me when I was in high school, is that gaming, the fun component of being in God's family is what kept me coming until I was ready to have the tough conversations about what was going on in my life. We intentionally create fun environments for our kids and students every week because we understand that when kids and students have fun, they will have the deep conversations of life. And so anyway, that's, that's the case for me. It's how I came to know Jesus because I had friends who engaged me in having fun when I came here. And then I wanted to talk about life. So anyway, what I did was I took an average, as best as I could guess, um, over the past 26 years of my life. Now, I wasn't gaming like right out of, you know, like when I was born, okay? I didn't have a controller in my hand. So I did my best. But I averaged, <laughs> so crazy to say this out loud, 25,922 hours playing games. Yeah, I know. That for me too, it was like, oh, okay. Whew. That's... 1,080 days, it's 154 weeks, and that is 35 months, almost three years of my 26 years being alive. And I was like, whoa, that, did I do that math right? Like, that's crazy. And so I triple checked those numbers and, and sure enough. And so what it did though is it began, it helped me begin to ask some questions. What things do we as people spend a lot of time doing that aren't necessarily bad, but can be distractions. So I, I went to some reputable research sites and discovered that the average American, I'll make sure I say all this right, watches five hours and four minutes of television every single day. Every day. That's Netflix, cable, what you got on DVR, your movies, all that stuff, okay? Now, if you've, now let me say this, it gets crazier. So that averages out to 77 days a year. That's roughly one-fifth of your life in front of a screen. Isn't that crazy? So like if, if you like to show friends, did that math too. It would take five days and one hour to watch every single episode. I mean, and, and maybe you're like, I don't want to get that time back. I love watching that show. Maybe you're like, I wish I could. I don't, I don't know where you fall. But the average American spends two hours and 40 minutes looking at their phone every single day. About two hours and 10 minutes of that time is spent in apps like Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, things that aren't necessarily productive. So I read all of that, and I'm like, I'm like, oh man, we are messed up. Like, this is bad. <laughs> we can only go up from here, right? But so I decided, let me look at, let me see some positive things. How much time does the average American family spend quality time with their family? 34 minutes a day. And if you drive your kids to school, that time is included in your drive. 34 minutes. Isn't that crazy? I don't know where it began, but I know where we are now. We have gotten way, way distracted. And if I didn't list any of the things there, we all have something. There's a hobby, a passion, something that we, we go to and we spend our time doing that consumes lots of time. And I don't think any of these things are necessarily bad. I just think they become distractions when they're taken out of the, wrong, out of the right context. 
So I want to look at what Jesus had to say about how we should look at the resources and the treasures that we have. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in where? In heaven. Where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And this is so important. I think this is underlined on your program. You can circle it, put a star beside it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I used to think of this as physical possessions, things I owned. But what I've found is that time is much more valuable than money. It's much more valuable than all the stuff I have in my house. So where I spend the majority of my time is where my heart is. So I'm not trying to put this heavy burden on your shoulders today like, man, I have just messed up. Well, that's okay. We all are at some level. But I want to give you some hope as to what life could be like if we decided to invest our time doing things that do matter. Because I think that if we make that change, we're going to see people's lives affected for the better. We're going to see our families get better, our neighbors get better when we decide to spend our time doing things that matter. So I want to encourage you, there's a next step on the back of your connection card that you can check the box. And this is just accountability for you as we try to, we're, we're trying to be better about this. And it says, I will track how I spend my time this week. Now, I'm not the most organized person in the world, but even I can create a spreadsheet on my computer or even with a, with a piece of paper, just make some lines and block out Sunday through Saturday and list out the hours that you're awake. Now, you may not be interested in doing this, but it has been so helpful for me. And I list everything I do. When I'm here at the church, I put the time that I'm here. When I'm spending time with my wife and my cats, I have two of them, no kids yet. They kind of are our kids, but anyway, they're crazy. And I try to get rid of them sometimes. Is that bad to say out loud? They drive me crazy. Anyway, I love, I do, anyway. Whatever you do, if you watch a lot of TV, block that out. I do hour increments because it helps me see where I'm spending my time. And I would encourage you to do the same, and I think you'll be surprised at how much time we spend doing things that really just don't matter, if we're being honest. Well, maybe, and maybe you're like, well, Tim, what do I do? I know how I shouldn't be spending my time. What should I begin doing? Well, that's great. That's what number two is all about. We're going to dive right in. Use your influence, number two, to invest in others. Looking again at what Jesus had to say, and before we read this passage, his life illustrated this incredible truth. Jesus knew that the best return on his investment of his time, how he spent it, was with people. Can you agree? I mean, like, I think we could agree on that. Whether that's your family, with your friends, whatever that looks like, that when we invest in people and we see their lives change, that is way worth, that's w worth way more than watching a show on Netflix, right? For just being honest. And so I want to take a look and see, but here's what's so, so important about this passage. These are some of the last words that Jesus said before he hopped on the cloud and rode up into heaven like, bye guys, I'll see you, I'll see you soon. Like, this was what he chose to say. It matters. And so in, in verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, what kind of authority? All, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore... Oh, I was seeing it if you're with me. All right, let's try that again. Therefore, go. go 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus understood that if he did not tell them to go, that they would stay. He understood that if he did not give them specific instructions, they would wander away from what they were supposed to do. And I think that's incredibly important for us today too. And maybe you're wondering like, what is a disciple? Like, I don't even know what that means. And it's, I think it's very simple based off what, something we do every week at the very end of service in our core four prayer. We talk about the things what we think these four, when we do them, help us to be a disciple. And that's to connect with God and his family, to grow in God's character, to serve in God's church, and to share his message. If you do those four things, you are well on your way in, in pleasing God with your life. We're like, well, how do I do that for other people? It is simply taking them by the hand and walking through the process with them. It's, hey, hey person, I'm gonna connect you with God and his family. I wanna show you that when you read the Bible and you pray and you spend time with God, you're gonna grow in his character. You're gonna be more like him. When you serve in his church, and let me say this, Jesus didn't say, hey, go and make disciples just in your church, right? He said, go. This is the best training ground to practice serving people so that when you leave and you're, because you're only here for like a couple hours every week maybe, right? You spend the rest of your life out there. So get practice here serving people so that when you leave these walls, you can affect change everywhere that you go and share the love of Jesus. So he said, so you help people see what it's like to serve, and then you teach them how to share the message. You've completed the cycle, and you show them how to do that with other people. It's simple. It's difficult sometimes, but it's simple. And so I want to encourage you. You're like, well, well Tim, I don't feel like I have very much influence. If you are sucking air, you're, you still have influence, all right? You have influence with the people in your family, with the people that you work with, your neighbors, even with strangers. And like if you walk up to someone in Kroger, I wouldn't advise going like walking up to a stranger in Kroger and like, hey, I have influence with you. And they're like, no, like I don't know um, security. Like, I mean, like that'd be creepy, right? But we, we do, we have influence wherever it is that we go. So we can, we can be creative and find some opportunities. A great place to start is if you would like to go to Growth Track and, and learn more about what it is to serve, you can sign up on the back of your connection card to get more information. It happens during the 12 o'clock service every week, and step one begins the new cycle of Growth Track next Sunday. I would encourage you to sign up and go. It, it, you get to learn more about the church, yourself, and how to serve. But maybe you're like, okay, I get that, I do that, what else can I do? Look, parents, you have some of the greatest influence of any person in the entire world. From the moment that a child is born, the church on average gets about 40 hours a year with kids. Pastor Chesney has shared this, this uh, statistic before. And that's in kids' place and groups, all that stuff. But parents average 3,000 hours a year with their children. You're like, okay, I would rather have $3,000 than 40, right? Like, I don't know about you, I got things I could spend that on. So I would much rather have the 3,000 than 40. You have an incredible opportunity to help your kid from the moment they are born to see who Jesus is. You have influence. They trust you. They love you. And when you use that in an incredible way, you help them learn how to not have the junk in your life that you've experienced 
because you met Jesus when you did. If they know from, the, from a, a child who he is and they follow him, their lives are better from the beginning, right? I mean, it's incredible to see how that works. Spouses. Jesus used an illustration to say that he was the, the husband and the church was his bride because he selflessly gave himself away to the church. Husbands, I would encourage you, serve your wives with zero expectation of any kind of serving in return. Wives, ditto. Because here's the deal, when we serve our spouses in a completely selfless way with the way that Jesus loves us, it, people see that and they're like, what's up with your marriage? Like, you're like happy. It's like, right? It's like, it's crazy. We serve each other. And they're like, what? Like, it's crazy. Like, it's foreign to people, right? Like, it's, it's just wild. But what I'm saying is, if you, and there's a, there's a great way that you can, can grow as a spouse and, and to be an influencer in your marriage. We have the Exo Marriage Conference happening, I believe, in two weekends. You can sign up on the back of your connection card. And there's more info in your program. Look, I'm, I've been married for almost two and a half years now. And poor Morgan is the casualty as I figure this thing out, okay? Like, I love the conference because much wiser people who know much more about marriage, I learn from them and not make that mistake, okay? So if you want to get better in your marriage, come to this conference. With your friends, you have an opportunity because you have influence. The people you spend time with, your coworkers, you don't like your job, share Jesus with all of them. Trust me, your, co your workplace will be the best place you want to be, right? Like, it'd be awesome. Everybody there intentionally to, to serve God. It'd be great. We have all kinds of influence that I think we sometimes just miss out on because we're busy and we miss the opportunities where we, we don't spend our time wisely. So today as we, we move into point number three, I just want to encourage you to, to, of course, look at how you spend your time and invest in people. But this third, one, this third point might sound obvious, but if it was so obvious, I think we would actually do it. <laughs> and I'm pointing at myself more than, than anything. And it's do what God wants, not what everyone else wants. Simple sounding, right? <laughs> I remember in my early days of ministry, having this idea in my mind that every time someone came to me with an idea, I had to do it. And let me tell you, I was tired. Oh my goodness. Great ideas, great ways to serve God. But what I found is that I don't have to be involved in every good idea to make it happen. God is way more capable of making something happen than I am. So when we focus on doing the things that God wants for our lives, we're not as tired because he gives you the strength, the skills, the opportunities to do what he wants for you, not what everyone else wants. You guys tracking with me? And it makes your life so much simpler. You don't have to please people because you just got to please him. It's great. It's fantastic. I wish someone had told me that like 10 years ago, right? It's, it's nuts. But I want to look at a story where Jesus, it is such an interesting conversation that takes place. And I missed for so long until I was studying for this, I missed some great truth. And let's take a look at Luke 10, 38 through 42. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named, everyone say Martha, where Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister, everyone say Mary, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was, what's that next word? 
Oh, she was distracted mm-mm, by the big dinner that she was preparing. And so what I think is about to happen here, obviously wasn't there. I think Martha is like, well, Mary ain't done the dishes in like a month. I make dinner for her all the time. And we have this big guest. I clean the house and she's sitting down at Jesus' feet. Well, we're going we're gonna to straighten things out. So she walks up to Jesus with some attitude and is like, mm-hmm, he's going to set her straight. Jesus, show her what it is. Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? You ever said that before? <sighs> Be careful who you say that to. Your life will get tough. All right, tell her to come and help me. And here's, I bet she was like, oh, Jesus is going to show her what it, what's up. And that is not what happened. Martha's the one who gets a little truth. But the Lord said to, hear, said to her, my dear Martha. He said, girl, bless your heart. Oh, <laughs> Martha, you, you didn't get it. You missed it. You are worried and upset over all these. What's that word? Details. Oh, the details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. See, Jesus was trying to communicate to Martha in this moment, and to really everyone who was there, and and for us today reading this story, that we, I think the details are important, right? Like, I mean, like, I like to eat, you know what I'm saying? Somebody's got to make the dinner. But we sometimes get caught up in so many small things, making everything perfect, making sure that everything goes the way we think that God wants it to. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus just wants us to sit at his feet. He doesn't, he's not worried about the details. Those things will figure themselves out. He want, what he wants for us is what matters the most. And so I, I'm going to say something that potentially, I, I hope, doesn't offend anybody in this room. But we, I think, as people get caught up so much in the things we're supposed to do that we forget that God has just called us first and foremost to be, to be his. And when we get that out of order, we wear ourselves down because we're, I know this is a room full of busy people and upstairs as well. We are tired, right? We have all these expectations of people we think we need to meet, but the truth is the only person whose opinion matters is God's. And we get that jacked up all the time. What I think, and I hope, I really hope that this doesn't offend you, is we, you can read your Bible and just, I mean, spend your entire day in it. And you should, you should read God's word. But reading the Bible does not save you. You can spend all of the day, all the hours of your day on your knees in prayer, and you should pray often, but praying does not save you. You can give your life away and serve people until there is nothing left of you, and you should, but that doesn't save you. Doing will not get you anywhere. It begins and always has to come back to the opportunity where we sit at the feet of Jesus and just listen to his voice. And without that, Without him, we can get caught up in the busyness of trying to do all these things, and they're great. But without Jesus, it doesn't matter. It's all about what he wants. And he wants, first and foremost, for you to just be with him. So today, look, maybe, maybe you want to get back on the journey and, and, and re- 
fire up this relationship with Jesus, or maybe it's for the first time. We have a prayer in our program. We call it the prayer to become a Christ follower. And the words are great, but here's the deal. Just be honest. The words themselves don't even save you. It's about what you need here in your heart. It's about saying, God, I need you. I can't do another day of life without you because I'm broken, I'm jacked up, I'm busy, and if I don't have you, I'm not gonna make it. That, that is at the heart of asking Jesus to be your savior. And so today I encourage you to check the box on the back of your connection card that says, I prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower. Checking the box doesn't save you, but we wanna encourage you on this journey because life is tough and we need each other, right? That's why God gave us community so we can be pointed back to the feet of the Savior, to be with Him. So today, I want to free you from all the chaos in your life and the busyness. We're going to take a moment, and in just a moment, we're going to worship, and I want you to just be. Don't think about all the junk you got to, you got to take care of this week. Don't think about all the opinions and expectations of even other people sitting in this room. Just take time to be with God. And watch how his presence will change your life forever. So let's, we're going to pray. And man, we're just going to worship him. So God, I thank you so much. Every person who is here today in this building, our kids, our students, our adults, they are here with intention. I believe that. And I just ask that you would give us a, a divine reminder that our... Our life is not about doing. Those things are great, but it's about first being with you. So God, we thank you for being the only one who can complete us, the only one who can give us true peace and joy and hope and can love us completely. God, we thank you for being the only one, the only God, the only King forever. Because we know that with you, we can leave a legacy that will last forever because we first belong to your great legacy that will last throughout eternity. God, we thank you for being so good. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.